Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Marie-Pierre, and for all my English friends out there, you can call me Marie. I am a registered dietitian with a background in psychology. My passion in life is to help individuals heal their relationship with food and their bodies. If you're tired of dieting and tired of restriction, you are at the right place. I'm hoping that this podcast will help and support you as you heal your own relationship with food and your body and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge that you need to finally ditch the diets. Every week, you will be hearing from guest experts and myself on all things food, body, and mind. I am so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to support you on your journey. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to the end of November. If you're if listening to this as this podcast is being released, we are last week, last day of November. How are you doing, my friend? I'm so happy that you are here with me. I'm super excited about today's episode. So today on the podcast, we have Tony Marinucci, who is a registered dietitian. And I'm really excited to have her on the podcast because today we're talking about how diet culture can be kind of like an abusive relationship and when to know when to end that relationship. She wrote a book about this. I'm really excited to talk about diet culture in this new lens. Super relevant, super true. So I'm really excited for us to dive deeper today. Um, I was also on Tony's podcast not too long ago, and we just vibe really well. So I think it was such a cool um, podcast episode, and I hope that you're going to love it. Um, and I also wanted to say before we get into this podcast episode, Today is the last day to join the intuitive eating course at 44% off. So we've been talking about this all month. If you haven't heard about it yet, get your butt on the website because today is the last day. So this is a new course that we have launched on intuitive eating. It is a 10 day to intuitive eating where we're reviewing all the principles and giving you actionable items and a beautiful workbook for you to be able to implement some of these ideas. So this course is really perfect perfect for you if you are someone who, one, wants to do this work maybe a little bit on your own. Maybe you're not ready to do one-on-one or a program and you want to start diving into it um, and you want to learn more about intuitive eating and how it can fit for you. So this is like a perfect start that you're going to be able to start seeing some shifts in your own brain, your own food relationship, your relationship with your body. Like I'm really, really excited. Like everybody who's joined this month, I've only gotten positive comments so far about the course, which is super exciting. And the last thing I'll say about it is that this is really made for people who are busy. We are sending you all the content over 10 days. It's videos that are five to 10 minutes long. They're really short and sweet for you to be able to really implement everything that you learn. I didn't want this to be something that you need to spend hours in front of your computer. And I didn't want this to be something that would just be like a lot of information that you don't know how to implement. I think there's a lot of that in the universe. I wanted you to be able to understand the information and then being able to implement so you can actually do see change. So super excited for you. If you are interested to learn more, go to thebalancepractice.com forward slash courses, and you'll be able to access that. It's also going to be in the show notes. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Tony. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so pumped because Tony is here today. Hey Tony. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing so good. So before we like press record, we're both like we may mute ourselves on and off because you have fire truck in the background. I have Odin in the background. <laughs> like a lot happening. Yeah. Today. But here Always. we are. <laughs> Always. Here we are. Always. All right, before we get into the nitty-gritty of this podcast episode, I'd love if you could tell our listeners just a little bit more about you, who you are, what you do, but also what got you to do the work that you do today. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. My name is Tony Marinucci. I am a registered dietitian. And I think like many registered dietitians, um, we get into the field because we kind of wanted to help ourselves, to be honest. That's, I know, like <laughs> I did. Um, I grew up yes. overweight. I was, I grew up, I was overweight, very insecure, unfortunately, teased about my weight consistently, constantly, um, through my, you know, childhood being, whether it be at school or even from family members, it was very upsetting for me. And unfortunately, I got this message, what I thought was the right message, as we know now, thankfully is not. But I thought the message was, well, if I was smaller, more people would like me. If I was in a smaller body, more people, you know, I would be more um, accepted by society. I would just be taken more seriously. I wouldn't get made fun of, you know, because getting made fun of hurts, right? So unfortunately, a very at a very young age, I tied my weight to my worth. And I wish I could say that it ended in one of those areas, but it was everything. It was all I could think about. It was all consuming. I obsessed about my weight. I went on this path of, of journey to weight loss. And I think like many people, when they start that journey, uh, they do it in a very disordered way. I um, would skip meals. I would uh, basically under eight. I basically got to this point where I wasn't paying attention to my hunger at all, which then led to binging and emotional eating. And then I would like excessively exercise. And I was just caught in this cycle, like an absolute terrible cycle of trying to control my weight. And I, and basically it, it wasn't helpful. It definitely wasn't helpful at all. So I came to a point where I was like, even if this was the way, I'm absolutely miserable. It's all I can think about. It's I'm exhausted. You know, I need to find a better way to, you know, take care of my body and nourish my body. And I started to flip the script a bit. It wasn't so much about trying to look a certain way, but I really just wanted to feel better. So I went to school to become a registered dietitian. And I wish I could say I like figured it out overnight. But it was a long journey of healing my relationship with food and finding balance in my eating habits. And um Eventually I, I did though, and I became a registered dietitian and I've been helping people for so many years. Now I have a team of registered dietitians who, where we really help clients, you know, break up with this diet mindset and just embrace a healthier lifestyle, embrace just like nourishing themselves, taking care of themselves and doing it in a balanced way. I think when we think of the word healthy, we think of the extremes and the extremes don't lead to anywhere good. So that's kind of how I got here. I definitely skipped over a lot. But yeah, you're like, <laughs> that's this like is the my elevator intro. Like a very quick way to kind of share um, who I am, where I'm at and why I do what I do. Yeah, no. And thank you so much for sharing with us. Like, uh, first of all, Man, I know that so many people listening to this can like relate to this idea of like either like being teased in school or just like from a, such a young age, we start like attaching our worth to our body mm-hmm. or like start mm-hmm. pinpointing as like the body's not is the issue, like not the bullying, not this like weird fucking mindset people have around body image, but like yeah. my personal body needs to change it and my responsibility. And it's like so intense how that can get ingrained and like. Yeah. Oh, so many of that. So thank you so much for sharing 
because I know a lot of people can relate to that piece and then yeah so cool that you took that to kind of change and then help people do the same which is yeah. like amazing yeah I mean it makes our I think it makes our job very rewarding and what we do it's you know it's cool to to know that we're really making a difference in like someone's quality of life and view of themselves and to be able to finally love yourself and accept yourself and to be kind to yourself rather than criticize yourself. And um, yeah. it's just, it's a really great place to be. Yeah. It's pretty, I always find it interesting, like doing this work that like being kind to ourselves should be the norm, but it's, it, I don't, for some reason, it feels like it's such a revolution of like, oh shit, I can actually be nice and kind to myself and be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to like shame and punish and self-criticize so much. Like, yeah. It's such a shift. Well, that like, but here's the other crazy part. Disordered eating is what is quote unquote normal in today's mm-hmm. world. But if you look at any other mammal in society, you don't have to teach your dog or your cat or like the, you know, the, the bear in the woods, how to eat. They know what they need to do. Like they, yeah. they it's, it, it's an innate in them. But when you have, when we grow up in a culture that gives us all these missed messages and all these, you know, confusing messages and a lot of BS and just so much noise, we don't even know how to do the simple thing of just like eating, which is just yeah. a normal thing that we need to do to thrive and survive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And today we want to talk about like the relationship that we have with like dieting. Um, and I love like we we've named the, the title of this like episode, how we diet like we date. And I'd love mm-hmm. for us to start talking a little bit more about that. Like, what is the resemblance between dating and dieting? And yeah. like how is that relationship to diets? Like, how would how do you explain that? Uh, so many, so many parallels actually. So the first thing where it came, where I came up with this was, you know, realizing that before, you know, women would join our program and start working with us, I would watch them jump from diet to diet, hoping each one was like, quote unquote, the one. And I like to say that they went around like Cinderella's stepsisters trying to jam their feet into something that clearly wasn't a good fit for them. Yeah. And I was just like, and I would remember I was like so frustrated. I'm like, can't they see? I'm like, they're basically following the same diet, just in a different book. I'm like, they just, you know, they're all based on restriction or what not to have, or this extreme or that extreme. And it's like, it's not going to be the answer. And it doesn't work for you because there's no one size fits all approach. Right. And so I would get frustrated with it. But then, uh, you know, ironically, it was the time in my life when I came across this realization and was drawing the parallels where I myself, I dated like five versions of the same guy, just with a different name and a different face. Like here I was like, yeah, I finally figured out like my relationship with food and all that. But like, hello, I kept getting into these relationships where I was like in, it was like, I was either in like something super committed that the person really didn't deserve my time. And I was just like trying to make it work when clearly it wasn't working. Or I was like completely like turned off to dating, like that all or nothing mentality. And so like, that was the very first parallel that I drew that I realized like, oh crap, like we just so desperately want to be loved and we so desperately want to fit in. And we think, we think that we'll be happy when, we'll be happy when we see a certain number on the scale, we'll be happy when we find our life partner, but we never stop to ask what is the quality of the food that we're eating and the way in which we're getting to that weight? What is the quality of the relationship? Because the quality and what you're doing is so much more important than the thing, right? And so I really wanted to help people to realize that 
It doesn't matter what the number on the scale says. It doesn't matter actually even who that partner is. What matter is, is like who you are as a person. Are you doing things that are aligned with your values, regardless of what the number on the scale says, regardless of your relationship status? Like, are you living in alignment and are you, you know, taking care of you in the best way that you know how? Because that's what truly matters. So that was the, the one parallel. And then I actually ended up writing a book about it because there was so many more that like in realizations that I came up with. And I even just the basic thing of what I was sharing before about kind of getting teased with my weight, like sometimes we're directly told, like I was directly told if I didn't lose the weight, I would never get a boyfriend. It was really hard to hear. And I was only nine when I heard that, which is insane that that's what people care about at the age of nine. And it was coming from family members. So, and I know I'm not the only one who's experienced comments like that, whether it be at nine, 10, 12, 14, 21, doesn't matter. The point is, is that we're getting sometimes messages very directly. And then also like the indirect messages of number one, you know, looking at watching all the Disney princess movies and they all have the same hourglass figure. And it's all about them getting the guy, whether it's the tabloids, the magazines, the people getting shamed for gaining weight um, or the people getting praised for, oh, they lost 30 pounds or whatever it is. Um, And then even like beyond that, like for me, I was just like always the the friend, never the girlfriend. Like I would never got asked to prom. I was, I never had a boyfriend until I went to college when I was 18 and exposed to a whole new world (laughs) of just like where I grew up, which was like, there was very one particular, you know, petite was in, petite was hot, you know, and like I'm curvy. So like, I was not, you know, so like these are just like, there were, and I could go on. That's why I wrote a book about it. Cause there's so many parallels of how we diet, like we date. And I just like, yeah, it's amazing. It's actually crazy. Yeah, no, it is. And like, it's almost like in both scenarios, there's just like so much pressure on like the body of like how your body needs to be, what we're told it needs to be. And then I think a lot of times too, there's just a lot on like, and if it doesn't work, it's all on you. And like, let's fix you because you are the issue. Yep. Right. And not a lot on like, wait, what about this diet? Like, did it actually work for me? Like, it's not like, I think we were so told that like, you can't trust you. You don't know. You need a plan. You need to follow that mm-hmm. when it doesn't happen, we're like, Ugh. you feel like, like a failure. Yeah. Like, you didn't fail. The diet failed you. Yeah. Every time, every, every time. time. And every it's cool time there's like parallel between the two, but then there's also like this piece of like, when we are stuck in diet culture and like, chronically dieting and like blaming everything on our body. Like what are we going to settle for in a relationship? Right. 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 Like if our worth is attached to our body and we are constantly told that our body is not good enough. Yeah. How do you show up in a relationship? Yeah. How can you show up in the the best self? Because you don't feel that. And and yeah, you're not, and you're, you're going to do that. Like you're going to settle. You're not going to question you know, like, do I deserve to be treated like this? Like, especially if you don't see yourself as someone who is worthy of love, you know, then you're going to tolerate being, you know, treated like crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting when we do this work. I don't know if that's how you see it with the clients that you work. Like I always see this, like this iceberg of like, what people come to me for is like food and body. Like they want to have a better relationship with food, better relationship with body. That's all Mm -hmm. that we do. Mm -hmm. But like, those two things are just a tip of the iceberg because they influence everything, like everything. our self-worth, the way that we show up, the way mm-hmm. that we're actually able to take care of ourselves, like our goals in life. Like there's mm-hmm. just so many that's attached to this piece of like, 
if we don't feel good around food in our body, if we're constantly on the diet cycles, not trusting ourselves Mm -hmm. and continuously restricting and not nourishing our body, like how do we live a full life? Yeah, we don't, we're limiting ourselves. And sometimes we know it and sometimes we don't because we're just kind of caught up in the cycles. But I like to tell people like your energy is your best asset. And when you don't feel good, you don't have, you have low energy, you know, you're not showing up as the, your, you know, your highest version of you. And as a result, you're going to settle. You're going to go through the motions. You're not going to, you know, try to do the things that require sometimes our energy, you know, that bravery that we need, that courage that we need, we need to be in a good headspace to get there. But if you're kind of settling for a less than ideal circumstances, if you're not fueling your brain just by not eating enough or not eating enough of the right nutrients, like um, for example, a lot of people will cut out carbs thinking that's how they're going to help them get to their goal. And yeah. it's probably the worst thing that they can do because they need that brain power to really yeah. function and think and to take action. Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So like, I'm curious, like someone who's like listening to this and like, oh my God, I have dated like all of the diets. Like I have been on all of these dates Mm -hmm. ungoingly. And now Mm -hmm. we're like starting to have that switch of like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, I don't want to settle for these like shitty dates. (laughs) Yeah. I want the real thing. Uh, What would you say to someone? Like, what are the steps to start? Like maybe like breaking up with diets and being like, Mm -hmm. no, this is no longer for me. Yeah. So I like to break it down in like a three-step process. So and actually it's funny because like I could kind of work backwards, but I'm not, I'm going to go with the beginning. So it's kind of like, say you're, you're, you're thinking, maybe you're not feeling great. Maybe you're thinking like the, the diet mindset, the, you know, the eating disorder brain of yours is like, oh, I should try this again. I should cut out this. I should do this. And kind of goes on that we know almost like a, a um like a hamster wheel or like a what's the word like I'm trying to think a spiral going on a spiral and like you're just thinking of all the different diets that you've tried you should try it again you should do it again tell you right now if it didn't work before it's not going to work now so don't even don't even go there but your brain tells you that you want to do it okay so the next question i want you to ask yourself is say you think i'm going to try x ask yourself, like, will this last past the honeymoon phase? So that's the very first question to this three-step process is ask yourself, will this last past the honeymoon phase? The honeymoon phase is when everything always works in the beginning because everything, you're motivated, you're excited, you don't care how you're going to get there, you so desperately want to get there, you'll do just about anything. So it's going to quote unquote work temporarily, but it's not going to last, right? So if what you're trying to do is not going to last past the honeymoon phase. And I'm going to tell you not to do it. Okay. If you are okay with the short-term fling and you understand that it might work temporarily, but that's a little, those are tricky waters. And I probably wouldn't suggest that. But if say in the past you've tried something and, you know, there was, you know, part of it you enjoyed with the other part you didn't enjoy, well, that's important for you to take into, you know, your future self. So, but beyond, so, so now I'm jumping. So that's like the third question. So the third question is like, what lessons did I learn from this? So say you had tried something. It didn't last past the honeymoon phase. It was very frustrating. And all you did was jump to another diet that also didn't last past the honeymoon phase, right? So it just never really goes past six months or a year or whatever it is, because it's just, you're frustrated, you're tired, it's not working, whatever it is. So the question then is like, what lessons did I learn from this? Well, I learned that I... um 
don't do well when it's super rigid. I also need some structure because I know that if I go without any sort of guidance, I kind of go the complete opposite. So I need to, I know I feel best when I prioritize my sleep. I know I feel best when I drink more water, whatever it is that you've learned that it's like you can take components to the things that you've tried in the past and cherry pick the parts of it that work for you and throw the rest out. You know, if tracking stresses you out, throw it out. You can be mindful and intentional about what you put in your body without having to document every single macronutrient. You can. Your body is capable of doing it, but you have to create the space to allow yourself to do it because if you keep repeating old old patterns and behaviors, you're not going to, you're never going to get there. Right. And so then I guess once you kind of figure out what it is that you're going to try, the other question you want to ask is, do I even like this? Like there, it's okay. If your view of something changes, it's okay. If you you know, used to eat a food, eat a food and you liked it and now you don't like it anymore. It's okay. If maybe at some point something, you know, maybe there was a workout you were doing that really lit you up and now you're feeling like it's dreadful. You can change it. You can be flexible in the approach. It doesn't have to be that it looks like this X, Y, or Z at at really the whole goal of helping people to break up with diets isn't to not care about their health at all and completely just like ignore it. It's to help them to learn that you are unique and you are an individual and your body is going to function differently and best based on different circumstances. And so it's helping like people to learn what that looks like for them and knowing that you need to like it. Because if you don't like it, then you're not going to want to keep doing it. You're not going to want to keep dating that person if they're, you know, not fun to be around or they don't light you up or help you out in any type of way. So those are basically the three three steps that I like people to go through and really mm-hmm. kind of, most, they're more so questions to ask themselves so that they can know that like the diet is not going to work for them. Like, and so breaking up with that diet cycle is the first thing that It's really going to help them finally figure out what works best for them. Hey, hey, I'm just stopping this podcast episode for a moment to tell you about the intuitive eating course. This course is for you if you're ready to learn more about intuitive eating, that you're wanting to learn how you can become an intuitive eater and you want to know like actionable tools. Like you don't want just learning more information because there's so much information on the internet. You want to actually know how you can implement these things so you can embody intuitive eating. This course, my friend, is currently on sale for 44% off, like over $100 off. Like this is cray cray. So if you want to access this course, go to www.thebouncepractice.com forward slash courses where you can learn all about the different courses that The Bounce Practice offers. I think right now is the best time to join before the holidays start, really starting to do this work so you can see some of these shifts so we can truly enjoy the holidays. On that note, let's get back to the podcast episode. The theme that keeps coming up in my brain as you're talking about this is like one, giving yourself permission to choose, which I don't think a lot of us have been taught that you get to choose for yourself. I think a lot of us have been taught that you just can't, but a lot of it stems in like trust, right? Which I think also a lot of us, like from a young age, you're, you're told you can't trust your body. You can't trust yourself. And now we're like, actually, like you have wisdom to be able to trust you and you're allowed to look at something and be like, this is good for me. This is not good for me. This doesn't work. It doesn't matter, honestly, that everybody on the planet does one thing. If it doesn't work for you, that's legit. And that's valid. Like, yeah. But I think that piece of being able to like advocate and trust 
ourselves, it's such a huge piece of that method that you've named of like creating that space to allow yourself to ask those questions and answer honestly and like take what you feel like is legit, not yeah. as a oh, like, I don't know, like, I, should I do that? Like, this person is doing this and they live by this and like, look how they're doing. It doesn't matter. But I think that's part of, yeah. But I think that part is just like so cool when you're like learning to be able to like give yourself that permission. Like, you don't need anyone else to give you that permission. Like, if it doesn't work for you, like, who cares? (laughs) You know? Totally, totally. And I think people struggle because when they're figuring it out, but I trust when I say this, once you figure it out, it is so freeing. And one of my favorite quotes ever is the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. And what I mean by that is that like, mm-hmm. once you finally figure out what works best for you, it really, you you stop comparing yourself to other people. You even stop comparing yourself to older versions of you because you know, like wholeheartedly that this is what helps you be the best version of you. And because you can convince yourself, it's like, it's like someone who like, you can't, if you, I don't, I'm not, we don't have to get on religion. I'm not trying to, but like, so you like someone who's like, so faithful to whatever religion they believe in, like you can't knock them. They believe it. They're, you can't tell them anything. They believe it, whether it's right or wrong, but it doesn't matter. It's what helps them. So it's like learning to figure out what works best for you and being able to be so strong in your convictions that it doesn't matter what he or she is doing. You're so happy with who you are and how you're treating yourself and how you feel that that's mm-hmm. enough. And once you get to that place, it's so empowering. It, it really is such a, a beautiful place to be. Um, and I just, I just wish people would just like trust. It's so, I know you probably experience it in your practice too. Like sometimes it can be really hard. I know on my end and our, our dietitians ends to watch someone that like, they're just not ready yet. And it's okay. Cause we don't want to push them, but like, they're just not ready to let go of dieting. And you like so badly want to shake them. You just want to be like, just trust us, <laughs> just trust us that that yeah. pattern is not serving you in any way. And this is such a, you're going to soon get to this place where you like, oh, look back and you're like, wow, I can't believe I used to spend hours, hours obsessing over what to eat, how to eat it, what to put in my body. I used to obsess over going out and getting dressed and being part of social events with family and friends. I used to ignore them. I just didn't even live life. I can't believe I allowed this idea that my, my weight and my worth were so tightly connected that it robbed me of experiences. Like you will literally look back and be like, wow, it's, and then the cool thing is once you get past it, you're like, you're also, wow. You're like, I am so proud of myself. Like, this is just freaking cool. Like, I can't believe I do these things now. And like, it's not even a thought, you know, it's so cool. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's so good when you do get to that space. And I, I agree, like everything that you're saying, I'm just like vibing. I'm like, every like cell in my body is just like, hell freaking yes. Like <laughs> it's such a good feeling when you're able to be outside of diet culture. And I so relate to that person who's like, I don't get it or I don't perceive it or I don't think that's legit for me. Cause I remember being in that space. Like for me, it was a piece of like, trust your hunger and satiety. Like just listen to your body. And I was like, fuck off. Like I cannot, like mm-hmm. you don't get me. Like this mm-hmm. is so hard. And mm-hmm. I was like, every time I allow, I binge. Every time I allow, I overeat. So when people yeah. were just like, but trust. And I was like, I want to punch you in the yeah. throat. Yeah, yeah. This is not helpful. So like, I totally get that piece too of like when you don't trust yet. And then it's kind of like, 
So what's that next step? Like, what is the one thing maybe we could do towards it? Or what is I that? I love this mean? question. Thank you so right? much for acknowledging that. It's so true. I 100%, I used to think I was hungry all the time. But what I was confusing hunger with was I was never satisfied. So there was a period in my journey where I became obsessed with healthy eating, like obsession. So you could probably consider it like a touch of orthorexia. Um, you could, and also too, unfortunately, being in a bigger body, a lot of eating disorders get unrecognized because- you're just not, unless you're emancipated, they don't take you seriously. It's actually really sad. Um, but basically yeah, we, like- We could do a whole podcast episode on yeah, the harm yeah. of weight stigma and eating It's horrible. Here. It's absolutely horrible. So, which it's even crazier is if you read my book, you'll read like, I was getting praised for the amount of exercise and healthy eating that I was, you know, it was, I was getting praised for it, but nobody knew that my, my mindset behind it was like, this wasn't my first workout. This was my second workout of the day. Like this wasn't that I was eating healthy in front of you. I also was going home and binging on quote unquote healthy food because I was never full and satisfied. So that goes back to my original point, like this whole idea of trusting your hunger. Well, I was kind of always hungry, but I was always hungry for what I thought was okay to eat only. And I was also always hungry because I was exercising like a banshee and never taking rest days, right? So like that actually didn't really serve me as well. So for those who are listening, I totally hear you. And so when we say trust your hunger, what we mean is sometimes you do need a little bit of structure. So I'm not sure, Marie, how you kind of deal with clients, but obviously we work with everyone as the individual that they are and we meet them in the middle. But a general practice is we do try to encourage them to eat about three balanced meals a day just to kind of start. And we really want them to try to incorporate more um, nutrient-dense options, high fiber, high protein, just because from a physical component, they'll probably will be more satisfied. And then if they choose to keep eating, we can then address, maybe it's emotional. Maybe they're really anxious. Maybe they're stressed out. Maybe they're not sleeping enough, you know, whatever it is. And we can really start to tackle their emotional ties to food and their relationship with food. But sometimes it can be really confusing and really hard to do when we have a combination of the two. So think of a Venn diagram. I usually use this visual aid a lot with clients. So in a Venn diagram, we have those two circles that overlap. On one side, we have your physical hunger, which is like under eating, not getting in enough nutrients. Um, and then we have the other side of the Venn diagram, your, your psychological hunger, like, you know, you're you're not um, delegating your needs, you're overfilling your cup, you're stressed to the max, whatever it is. And then we have that circle, the when the two circles overlap, that middle, which I like to call the danger zone. So it's like you're not eating enough and you're also not taking care of your mental health either that's a problem area. It makes also our job very challenging to do because there's just so many moving pieces and there's so much that needs healing that sometimes it's hard. So what I, where we usually start with clients, um, it's also more in our scope as what we do as registered dietitians is like, we'll start first with the food and create a little bit of structure with lots of flexibility, no, no, no counting, no numbers, no measures, nothing, but just some sort of guidance, usually based off what they're currently eating. So normally a lot of people come to us and like they're eating what they think is a breakfast, but usually like a piece of fruit for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a protein shake for lunch. And then they binge at night and then they struggle with that. So we usually try to like, let's add to the breakfast. Let's add to the lunch. Let's think about mm-hmm. how we would structure what they're currently eating at dinner, you know, and really try to get them more on a little bit of a little bit more of a routine. Once they mm-hmm. do that consistently, then we can start them to have them like utilize things like using, you know, paying attention to their hunger with using the hunger scale have them rate, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how hungry they are before they eat, after they eat. And once there's some sort of consistency 
And you're also, it's not always just about the food. You're also addressing things like sleep, stress management, um, exercise, whether that means getting in rest days or maybe moving their body more if they aren't, you know, they aren't are pretty sedentary, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like all of those things then start to come together. And then eventually you can start to trust your hunger a little bit more. But it's a process. If you've been dieting your most of your life, you're not going to have it figured out overnight. Like you got to know that any sort of journey towards healing is going to take time. Yeah, I love that so much because I think that's true. Like something that I'll say often to clients or just in general is that like just permission to eat is not enough. Like Mm. if you've lost a lot of trust with your body and like, I think, okay, I'm going to like go on a little bit of tangent here, but like, I think a lot of people now like want to like help people heal their relationship with food because it's starting to be more popular. And like, they're going to give very broad advice. Like, we'll just allow all foods to fit. And although I do believe that's true, like a hundred percent, we need to do that. It's not enough. And like, we're setting people up to fail because we like, we haven't learned that piece of trust and understanding and actually even like knowing how to nourish, like we know how to follow rules. I know how mm. to count my calories. Do mm. I actually know how to nourish my body? Like, no, because we right. haven't taught that. So I right. really agree with this piece of like building that foundation to understand like my body needs to feel fit, safe first. Like yeah. if I don't eat enough and my body is not safe, I won't be able to do the healing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Kind of like that pyramid of needs, like safety first. Like, can we make sure that we have enough? And until we yeah. reach that, like, how can we talk about body image? How can we talk about emotional eating if like your basic needs are not met? So a thousand I percent. Agree. I yeah, agree. A thousand percent. So yeah. yeah. And then even to go off of that, like it comes down to two. I think so many people are running around so like busy and distracted that they don't even know how to check in with their hunger because they don't even stop to think. Maybe they're they're not even sitting down to eat their food. They're eating while they're standing up. They're eating while they're on the go. Yeah. I think sometimes working with a professional, like a registered dietitian, is really helpful because they just help you be a little bit more mindful and a little bit more intentional. And now here you are thinking you're not hungry. And now you start to realize, oh, you know what? I actually am hungry. A lot of people say I'm not hungry for breakfast. I think there's so many things about that, that we can have a whole podcast on, but you know, it would just be like, maybe you, you actually might be, you know, if you replace your coffee, like you can drink coffee. I love coffee, but coffee is has caffeine, which can suppress the appetite. Right. So by you doing that and thinking you're not hungry and now it's two o'clock and you're hungry, it's like, well, maybe if we ate some food, then we would actually, you know, start to feel hungry first thing in the morning, you know, as a way to eventually, you know, um, yeah. get regulator hunger cues. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's so much to unlearn from diet culture and from there's all the experiences. And now you're like, all right, I'm coming here with this new relationship of like intuitive eating or like whatever balanced. Yeah. And like, we still have baggage from like no, all the totally. like, games that we've been into. So we're now we're totally. like, cool. Dealing with all of it. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to just connect quickly because there was a blog post on your um, website that I really, really liked. And it was talking about like settling and like how the signs that you're settling in your relationship mm-hmm. with food or with diets. And I'd love for mm-hmm. us to go through that. Like, what are the signs that we are settling and that like the relationship maybe with food that we have now or the diets that we have now is maybe not what we need? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, um, I'm like trying to refer back to my book so I can give you like very specific, but in, but I'll also just can just go based on what I remember I, I wrote about. Um, 
because, but I think that, that the chart is really good actually. So if anybody wants to grab my book on, on Amazon, they're more than welcome to. Yeah, <laughs> and they like, can refer we'll put, to that. Put the links in the show notes for your book to it link. And after definitely tell yeah. us more about your book. Oh no, I did. I did find it. All right. So it is in chapter, I think it's chapter 10 or 11. Um, page 157, if anybody wants a reference. Um, <laughs> but I think it's important. I really do want to go from each one to each one because I think it's important to hear. So for example, and by the way, guys, these were literally exactly personal experience. I mean, I know a lot of clients can relate to it, but, um, and actually I had a change. So I, my, my book editor was like, you know, we also like, it's, I was in a very toxic relationship, like very toxic. And just for the sake of the book, we kind of kept it more of like, it doesn't have to be toxic, but can it still just, it could still not be right for you in order to be helpful. So I had to change a lot of the language, (laughs) but it was all my personal experience. So for example, like one of the things I would say, like, so my partner only gets mad or gets annoyed with me when I ask too many questions. Um, And then the, the diet analogy would be like, I only get hangry once a day. It's like, somehow it's like, how is that like you shouldn't be with someone who gets annoyed by you asking them a bazillion questions and also like getting hangry once a day like you shouldn't be getting hangry that's you're settling like your diet yeah. shouldn't be red flag red flag. Yeah. red flag right um the other one is like uh he or she doesn't get along with any of my family or friends so i keep them separate i struggled with that a lot like my one of my exes was a complete problem and so instead of me kind of addressing like why is it that he doesn't get along and he doesn't really get along with anyone like he pretty much isolated me so it was like you know that's a problem so instead of addressing that I basically made excuses for it I would just keep them separate so it's like someone who it's like the stress of trying to stick to my meal plan at a restaurant is too much so I avoid going out with family and friends so it's like Mm -hmm. if your plans like making you you know stay home eat at a Tupperware container and never leave your couch red flag um Another sign you might be settling in your relationship or diet is we used to be happy and in love. It must be me. I just need to work harder. So, oh God, I can keep going on that one. So I, so the diet was like, I, it used to be able to stick to, I used to be able to stick to this. It must be me. I just need to work harder. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, like we the just, first time I did Weight Watchers, it worked. Yeah, so it's the seventh exactly, time exactly. And it's uh, like, yeah. no, because either you outgrew it or it just wasn't a good fit or there's so many reasons why, right? So stop trying to settle there. And the last one, it's like, at least we're not as bad as, and then insert unhealthy or unhappy couple here. And then the other diet, the other thing is like, at least I can eat some carbs. Unlike my coworker who's miserable on keto. It's like, you're, you're justifying and you're settling. Like, so sometimes it's not like going back to my point earlier, like sometimes it's really obvious. You can be in a very toxic relationship and then like a deep in an eating disorder. And it's very clear that you need to get out of the relationship, you need to get out of the disorder, and you you really need help. Sometimes it's like clear as day. But the examples that I just gave and I give in the book, like it's more like, you know, you can be struggling with disordered eating and not a full-blown eating disorder. It's still not helping you. And you can be in a relationship that's not like crazy toxic, but like also not great either. And like yeah. not helping you either, you know? And so those are some of the signs that you're probably settling. Yeah. Ooh, those are all like so, so good. And like, <laughs> yeah, I, I like, Part of you is like, ouch, like <laughs> I have done all of this, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> relatable, but like, it's so good. Like when we start seeing those signs and I love how we compare it to relationships. Cause I think, I mean, yeah, if we are stuck in a, like a toxic or harmful relationship, like it's hard, but I think it's easier for us as a society to like recognize and point out like, 
oh, that's not a good relationship or that that is harmful. Whereas like with diets, because they're so praised. Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard to be like, is it just me though? Cause like everybody's talking about willpower and motivation. Uh, Whereas like with relationship, I think there's a little bit better understanding of like, okay, wait, no, like this is actually not too good. Yeah. So it's such a cool thing when we get to like compare the two and being like, we would never allow that in in a relationship. Like, why are we doing that now? Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, mm-hmm. one that I would add, cause I feel like this was me personally is like, if you're in a relationship and like your gut is telling you like, no, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. But every time you like talk to the person, you kind of like ignore your own. Oh yeah. Gut. Yeah. <laughs> with like diets, like, oh my God, I'm really, yes. really hungry. I feel like I need food, but this diet is not like allowing me to have food mm-hmm. until 5 PM. Therefore let me ignore what I think is right. And, yeah. Uh, just follow this. Yeah, for sure. Oh gosh. This is so, so good. I'd love to know before we wrap up today, like, is there any practical tips that you'd like to leave our listener with? Like anything that someone can like relate to this that are like, oh, I feel this so much. Like, what would you tell them as like a first step? Uh, I really want you to spend some time by yourself. Mm. Like, and, and, and when I say that out of your head, so whether that's journaling it out or going for a walk, like I want you to practice asking yourself, like, what would my healed version of me do? Right. So like, not would your, I know in the eating disorder community, I'm not sure if people, I'm sure you probably have spoken about this before, but maybe they are, you know, maybe it's their first time listening or whatever it is, or they need that reminder. We'll often have our clients like, um, name their eating disorder or name when they're like, when they have disordered body image thoughts, like give it a name so that you know that like when the, the BS messaging's coming through, that that's not the person you're trying to be. That's not who you are. So you can acknowledge it. So I think in the ED community, a lot of them call it Ed. I like to give our clients, like give it a very specific name that means something to them. Um, and often they'll, they usually choose like funny names. Like I had one client call his Mr. Penguin. Like it was like, I don't know. I can't even, I obviously have to keep thinking. Um, but he, I forget how and why he came up with it, but like, it was funny. Cause it's like, Mr. Penguin's telling you to just go raid the cabinets and, and, and just like, don't stop until you want to throw up. Like that's what Mr. Penguin's telling you right now. And it's like, Mr. Penguin, I'm not trying to do that. So thank you. But like this person that I'm trying to be like this elevated version of me, like would probably recommend that I do this instead. And so I guess that if I were to give one tip, it would be like to spend some time alone and really kind of come up with like that eating disorder name of yours. And anytime you're feeling triggered or you're struggling, whether it be with body image or you're eating or whatever it is, just ask yourself like, what would like the, the healed version of me be doing? I love that so much, like bringing awareness to it and then creating space with the thoughts. Yes. And then either like a reframe or just reconnecting with the version of us that we want to be. Like, I love that so much. Like mm-hmm. kind of like we're taking the power away from the thoughts of like, just because we have these thoughts does not mean that we be like yes. act on them, that we get to yes. have that space to think about what we actually want to do. I love that so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love this conversation. I feel like we could speak for like 25 hours straight. Same. Um, But tell us a little bit more about how people can find you. Tell us about your book. Tell us all of the things. Yeah, definitely. So my book, like I said, is on Amazon. It's called Once Upon a Diet. You can um, download the paperback. You can buy the paperback. You can download the ebook. And you can also listen to the audio version. 
Um, so that's always a great place to start. Um, I'm very active on Instagram at tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I. And then if you're interested in any of our services, just head over to my website, tipswithtony.com, and you can kind of scroll through and see what resonates with you the most. Awesome. And all of this will be in the show notes, guys. So check it out. That way you can find her also on my Instagram. I'm going to tag her everywhere. So like, check it out. Um, So we're going to finish with our fun questions. The first one being, what is your favorite food? Uh, definitely pizza. Mm, Veg- I it. actually, and I genuinely love veggie pizza. Like, I'm not just saying that because I'm a dietitian. Like, I mm. genuinely love vegetables on my pizza. I like mushrooms. I like broccoli rob. I like onion. And yeah, sometimes I do something fun and different. But those three have to be on there. <laughs> okay. And then question, is pineapple on pizza a yay or a nay? No, it's a nay. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I love pineapple separate. I know I've never liked I've never liked salty sweet combo ever. Like I don't like chocolate covered pretzels. I love pretzels and I love chocolate. I love pineapple. Yeah, I just I've never been into I like chocolate covered pineapple. Like you're like keep the sweet together, keep the savory together. I've just never been I've never been one to to like that combo. All right, next question. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh God. Um, I feel like endless amounts of energy. That would be really <laughs> cool. As well, I love sleep. Like I love, like I genuinely love sleeping, but I want to like choose to sleep and like then choose to be crazy energized or like, you know, I, th- cause yeah. like I said before, en- your energy is your best asset. So I just, it would be really cool. Like the, I don't want to not have the ability to sleep. I love sleeping and I want to be able to sleep, but I also want to be able to like tap into energy when I need it. Without mm. having to have like coffee, caffeine, or drugs. <laughs> Drug free is important yeah, yeah. for the superpower. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Um, what is your favorite way to self care? Massages. Ooh. Yeah. Love it. Like, does it provide professional or by like anyone who wants to give you a massage? Well, I mean, my, I'm a very, I love my, my boyfriend is fabulous. Actually, he's such a good masseur that I literally, he's not a masseur. He's not. He just, will give me massages sometimes when I ask for them and it's great. And I, I literally was like, you know, you can, he's a personal trainer. I'm like, I think that you would make millions as a masseur. Um, and I think that, that I give you permission to massage any, anybody yeah. where it's going to help our livelihood. Um, so, but normally I go, um, I'll go to, believe it or not, I don't even care for like the big fancy ones. Like I prefer like the hole in the walls where it's like $50 for over an hour. Yeah. Like, like they're just, perfect. thank you. Yeah. They're just, they're really magical things that, yeah, I love them. I love it. I love it. And then last question for you, because this is a balanced dietitian podcast. What does balance mean to you? It means, and I'm sure, I'm not sure, I'm sure a lot of people answer it this way, but for me, it really does mean like my mental and physical health are in alignment. So like, I, cause I think very often when it comes to like health and and people think of like one or the other, um, or they, like I said before, they kind of think of the extremes and balance to me is knowing that I'm, you know, taking care of my body physically, but then also allowing for like the, like fun and flavorful foods and stuff like that. And then mentally, you know, making sure that like, I, I, I love the feeling of being productive and I love working, but I also like making sure that I'm also making time for like fun and play. And so it's like the balance of like all of those things kind of coming together, I think is 
really what balance means to me. I love it so, so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really loved our conversation. I'm sure that listeners are going to love it too. So thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Wasn't this podcast just so awesome? It's so cool to connect with, with Tony. I really love her mission and wanting to help people stop the restrictive cycle, get out of diet culture, but really giving some like really cool analogies and metaphor, right? The way that we would see an abusive relationship, we're able to point at so fast, but when it comes to diet culture, it's so tricky because it is so normalized. So I hope that you got so much from this episode. I hope that you love this episode. If you did, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Go follow Tony on socials. All of her informations are in the show note. And on that note, my friend, I hope to see you or connect with you next week on the next podcast episode.